Welcome to Jen Cares, powered by Chosen Podcast, a podcast that brings the community to you. Each week, we will feature a guest that will help us stay in the know. Now, here's your host, Jen Cares. Good evening and welcome to Jen Cares, powered by Chosen Counselors. I'm your host, Jen Cares, the founder of Chosen Counselors, a nonprofit organization that seeks to inspire, motivate, empower, and strengthen individuals and families. As always, I want to say thank you so very much for tuning in, for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and coming back again. I truly do love and appreciate each and every one of you. Oh. So special thanks to Nicole Powers, who kicked us off last week with You've Got Options. And that was just an amazing segment. One, to learn that the Philadelphia Technician Training Institute is the only African-American school in Pennsylvania. Amazing. And then to hear that two of my chosen friends went and signed up, yallarethebomb.com. And that's what we're about, sharing resources so that you can find something new and know that, hey, you've got options. Uh, made my heart so glad when she sent me that email. So again, if you know somebody that's interested in going to a tech school for six months to eight months, they provide lunch, they provide transportation. Again, they did better than my HBCU. I mean, shout out to my HBCU, Hope Pride Gadget. But you know, we got some other options and that's what I want our friends to know. So tonight's theme is Greek life. Now, I have always been fascinated by the Divine Nine, the style, the sisterhood, the brotherhood, how they come together. It's just amazing. And I first learned about Greek life probably when I was younger because they used to have the Greek picnic. Um, and I didn't necessarily go, but I lived on 57th Street in West Philly. And after the picnic, they would do like a parade up and down 57th Street, honking their horns and all that fun jazz and things of that sort. But then again, our theme is a different world. So you know, they talked about Greek life on there too. Oh my goodness, it was an episode where Dwayne and Ron were both pledging for Kappa Lambda Nu, and uh, Ron was committed. He knew what he was getting himself into, while Dwayne seemed like he was doing it because his friend was doing it. We're going to talk about that tonight, joining because you want to join or trying to be with that crowd. There was another episode where Whitley, um, she led the Alpha Delta Row, and it didn't really work out with her leading Kim. So, you know, how they control things. Does that really happen? How does it work out with joining? We're going to talk about that too. And then the other part that was interesting was that Ron, after he joined, throughout the series, you was able to still see him connected. You didn't always see that with Whitley and Kim. So tonight we're also going to talk about commitment levels when joining something. It's going to be good. So that was a glimpse from a different world or however you may have seen it. But tonight I have my friends here that are going to share. I'm excited. I'm talking fast, but catch up with us because we're on this train and we are rolling. So help me welcome and introduce Michael, Tiffany, David, Joe, and Victoria. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Thank you all so very much for joining us on tonight. How are you all doing? Doing great. Yes, they are so excited, friends. They're going to let us know all about <laughs> life on tonight. So over here, we always start with the quote of the day. Today's quote of the day is, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success. And that's by Henry Ford. Again, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. 
working together is success. So who wants to share your thoughts on that quote? Who wants to go first? Well, I'll go first. You okay. know, um, that quote is really a, a very, very profound statement that was made by Henry Ford. And I think that, you know, if we take a look at Henry Ford's contribution to the assembly line at the beginning of the 20th century, he was a visionary. Now, what's important and how it applies to Greek life is that coming together is the beginning of, 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 of really coagulating as an organization, but keeping together, again, makes progress. Now, the thing that we all strive to in, in, in our various organizations is actually staying together and really becoming uh, what I would like to say is a, 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 a mouthpiece or a, um, I would say a talented 10th, if I may use in W.E. Du Bois, of the African-American community. So we are Black history and all of us participate in that. And we have a responsibility, if not an obligation to our community to be as leaders in our community. And I think that we do that in so many ways that you'll hear tonight. Awesome. Yes. Anybody else want to share? Don't be nervous, friend. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pull you out. Like, I'll be like, all right, come on, Tiffany, what you thinking? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I agree with Mr. Sinclair. Um, and it's funny because you think about it, you know, there's this vision that, you know, hey, we want to do we want to do something, or hey, I want to join your chapter, I want to join your sorority. And it's great, it's pretty pink and green flowers or whatever your colors may be, flowers. Um, but you know, working together and staying together, you know, everybody doesn't always agree, right? So we have to kind of have the mission in mind to stay on the same page for success going forward. So it can be, you know, it looks it looks pretty, but it's hard work. So. Hard work. Yeah. Mm. Yes. One more, one more. I'm gonna call out a name. <laughs> <laughs> You're like me. <clears throat> Bro, y'all gonna do this to me? Friends. Come on, David. You look like you want to talk. I was going to say, um, I think uh, Dr. Sinclair, he hit it dead on, you know, and um, as Tiffany also stated, you know, coming together, working together. And I think our predecessors, um, those who came before us, that's why you have the divine nine, because, you know, each organization came together individually, but then we combined it and came a whole. So, you know. Okay. Joe and Victoria nodding. I'm going to let y'all slide this time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate about it. Oh, by having fun. So, friends, as always, I have prepared some questions to guide tonight's topics. But if you have any questions or any comments, be sure to drop them down below and we'll be sure to talk about it. Because, hey, I might not have all the questions, but you got some questions. And guess what? They have some answers for us. So, I want you first to tell us a little bit about your organization um, and about yourself. Um, who wants to go first? Let's let's actually let's go in order. Who knows who's the first person? Oh, come on now. <laughs> that was a that was a soft pitch. That was a soft pitch. Um welcome, welcome everybody. My name is Dr. Michael Sinclair, and I am a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. I was initiated over 34 years ago at a small college in New York 
called State University College um, at Old Westbury. I was initiated through Kappa Rho Chapter. Since then, I've been active for the last 34 years. I've been active for the last 34 years. Mm -hmm. I have been active yes. for the last 34 years yes. in my organization. I'm currently in Kappa Phi Lambda, which is in um, college, which is in Columbia, Maryland. Um, I am a professor at the Morgan State University. I teach graduate school there. I'm proud to say that um, I am a member of Alpha Phi Alpha, which was the first college fraternity in this country. It was founded on de Tuesday, December 4th, 19, say it with me, everybody. Move <laughs> six. <laughs> um, at, at Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, founded by Seven Visionary Men, who thought that it was appropriate that um, African-Americans could have their own fraternity. And they put together what we consider a prototype of, of organizations in a college atmosphere. Since then, we've grown to over 850 chapters internationally. We have chapters in Asia, Africa, the Caribbean. Um, one of my fraternity brothers that I pledge is, is actually um, starting a chapter in Panama um, that's going to be chartered this year. And we have chapters in Europe, Germany. Um, and um, so we're all over the world. Um, the objective of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated is to stimulate um, the ambition of its members. It's also to promote the greatest usefulness and causes in humanity. Um, freedom of dignity of the individual and to encourage higher and noble forms of manhood. But what's most important, what we're most proud of is that we aid the downtrodden and the ones that have been often marginalized and oppressed in our community. And we, we help them assist social, economic and intellectual status within our community. And we've been driven to do that for over a hundred and 16 years now. My math is, is fading. But um, we've been doing that and we will continue to do that. We, we have some national programs that we sort of work on. Um, and we, we, we manifest that in different ways in different regions and different areas. But our national programs is like go to high school, go to college, a voteless people is a hopeless people, a Project Alpha, which is a man to man talk about teenage pregnancy. And we have a brother's keeper where we are working with our brothers and, and, and senior citizens and making sure that they preserve their dignity and get the resources that they need to live a, a good life. And we have a world policy council where we talk about issues that affect the African diaspora all over the world and how can we leverage our collective strength in order to um, better our brothers and sisters across the world. We have initiatives that we partner with big brothers and big sisters. We also partner with Boy Scouts of America, mm -hmm. and we have a college corporate where we help some of our college brothers um, um, get and produce resumes in order so that they can assimilate into the corporate life. We also work with Peace Corps, and one of our one of our keystone hallmarks is leadership development, where we start developing leadership at a college level, and we enhance and support and nurture leadership 
um, throughout their lives. So we develop leadership because we know that when there's a clarion call for leadership, we have to we have to be that call. We have to answer that call. And I'm gonna let my my counterparts talk a little bit about. But I'm proud to be an alpha. Yes, <laughs> yes. The interesting thing is going to see how um, similar some of the um, efforts that you all do connects because it's all about helping community. We're all different fingers in the same hand. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm Tiffany Matthews. I'm a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. Um, I've been a member for 19 years now, and I've been financially and physically active the entire time. Um, just want to thank my sorority sisters, Shamika Canty Green and Lisa White, for inviting me here. And thank you, Jen, for having me. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about Alpha Kappa Alpha. We were founded on Wednesday, January 15th, 1908, on the campus of Howard University in the attic of Minor Hall. So we've been going strong for over 113 years. As you know, we're proud to have our vice president as a member of our illustrious sorority. Um, similar service targets to what Mr. Sinclair, Dr. Sinclair said. Um, one of the things we're working on right now is raising a million dollars in one day. And so we've done this for the past three years, and this is the fourth year in a row that we want to do it. And all of the money goes to our HBCUs. And so we say it's in one day, but this whole week has been like a countdown. So we're getting people to um, donate. And that's been an exciting thing um, for us. We have flyers up every day just um, focusing on that goal. Um, again, I guess so our our we we strive to serve all mankind. So regardless of where you're from, who you are, the color of your skin, we want to help all mankind. Um, and my biggest um, piece of advice, I'm not sure if you asked this, but is lifelong active membership. So as you can see, we put an emphasis on being active. And sometimes, you know, financially you can't do it, but that doesn't mean you can't serve. So we have sorority members who sometimes, you know, can't pay for that year or have to take a break to raise their families, but they still come around. They still serve all mankind. So thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Yeah, so it will be me next. Yes. Hmm, okay. You want to speak out of turn. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is uh, David Swenson, a uh, member of Cap Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, we was founded January 5th, 1911, on the campus of Indiana University. Uh, 11 founders. Um, I myself uh, crossed in spring 2006 at Cheney University Gamma Omega chapter. And uh, we was founded on May 26, 1950. Cheney State Teachers College. Um, as uh, others before me stated, um, our organization, we have multiple uh, different uh, levels of giving back to the community, also giving back to young children uh, through Kappa League. Um, once I graduated Cheney University, I was blessed. Uh, some of my frat brothers uh, helped me get into the government. Uh, I've been working for the United States government for the Navy since 2008. I currently work for our NAFC in South Philly, but I've been around the back a little bit. And um, it's just a pleasure being with the fraternity. You know, uh, met some real good guys, some mentors that kept me on a sturdy path, uh, helped me raise a beautiful family. And um, I've just been blessed ever since. And um, thank you for letting me uh, come here tonight. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, so, my name is, can you hear me? Delta? Hold on. Because I feel like Victoria Delta. No, it is 
Come on, come on, so wrong. Come on, so wrong. Come on, so wrong. Come on. I'm just making sure you're paying attention, Joe. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> yes. We're in order. We're in order. Yes, yes, we know this. Um, how you guys know? Um, my name is Joe B. Heard. I am a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, founded on Friday, January 9th, 1914, on the campus of Howard University in Washington, District of Columbia. We have three founders whose principles are culture for service and service for humanity. We have three pillars of brotherhood scholarship and service. Currently, Phi Beta Sigma has 559 active chapters. Let me back up. I've been a member since the fall of 2009 and just like the others before me, I've been active and financial ever since the fall of 2009. So shout out to all the financial members and continue to do uh, the work of all our founders that came before us. Um, Yes, so like I said, we have 559 active chapters. And um, currently, we have been mentoring 4.5 thousand bro young brothers. We have a mentor program of um, Sigma Beta Club, similar to uh, I Am My Brother's Keeper initiative, as uh, Dr. Sinclair said before. So we like to make sure that our brothers, we have our brothers back. And it, the start is in the beginning. Uh, so. That's my spill. Uh, again, Jen, thank you, my sister, for inviting me on this platform today. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, wide. I'm, not, I'm not trying to mess with the order. So sorry. <laughs> the, let's go, Soror. <laughs> yes, yes. Following up behind Fred. So my name is Victoria Holmes. Uh, before I start, special thank you to my sister-in-law, Shamika Canty Green, uh, for inviting me or sending me the invite for this panel. And Jennifer, thank you for having me yeah. on this panel. Um, so I'll keep it brief. My name, of course, is Victoria Holmes. I'm a pediatric nurse practitioner at AI Dupont mm. Hospital for Children in their cardiac intensive care unit. Um, I am also a doctoral student uh, uh, pursuing my doctorate in nursing practice at Wilmington University down here in Delaware, but I am from Philly. Uh, so I am an active member and have been an active member since joining in May of 2013. Uh, I serve on the executive board uh, for the Philly chapter, Beta Delta Zeta, of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. So Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, we are a nonprofit organization founded on the campus of Howard University on January 16, 1920. Our sorority is, a very, is very active in community service, and we have many partnerships, uh, including March of Dimes, American Cancer Society, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, U.S. Wish, Wish, uh, Fish and Wildlife, and National Education Foundation, and several other national signature programs, which I'm not going to get into because the list is pretty long. As I said, I'm active in the Philadelphia chapter, which is Beta Delta Zeta chapter. Uh, we have many firsts as Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, including being the first sorority to chapter a charter a chapter in Africa, Liberia, Africa. And today we have chapters in the US Virgin Islands, Jamaica, Bahamas, Japan, Korea, Barbados, Haiti, Germany, Belgium, and Tobago and uh, Ghana. And there's a few that I'm missing, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. We are also the first organization under the National Pan-Hellenic Council to have national headquarters for all operations. And we are the first and only 
NBAC organization to be constitutionally bound to our fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. And I'm going to end right there because how can you go any further than being frat and so words with Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated? So I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting on that. I, I knew it. the constitutionally bound was coming. And I, you can, can you, you can see how proud he is as you're talking. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I love it, but I love that yeah. you also have the love for each other. And um, yes. no matter what your organization it is, it still is like we happy for in our colors, we rock our colors, we rep for our organization, but we all still also can get along. Yeah. I wish we could do that, uh huh, right there. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, can we all just get along one day? Maybe <laughs> one day. Um, something that was really big that you all said was talking about being active. Why is it important to be active in your organization, two people? Well, I think it's important to be active because um, the organization requires our commitment. And when we pledge, that's really what we're saying. We are, we are taking an oath or taking a vow that we're going to be committed to this. This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And unlike some of the white organizations, and I'm not knocking them, but some of the white organizations um, are just college oriented. We are life fraternities and sororities. So in order for us to continue this good work that we're doing, we need to be um, cognizant of what not only our financial responsibilities, but also um, participating in the activities that bring, uh, um, bring forth transcendent change in our communities. So you know, the things that we're doing right now should be things that all people are doing. I'm just going to give you for an example. In 1989, I started a homeless drive in Port Authority, New York City. Um, I go back every Christmas and there are people still feeding homeless on, mm -hmm. on Christmas. This is something that not only the fraternity does, but you have people that are affiliated with um, high schools and community centers coming out because this is our obligation to uplift our community. So this is a life commitment. The work that we do is work that we should be doing as rent to pay to be on this earth. Mm. Right, right. Yeah. And I think the being financial, you wanna have some set, you wanna have a seat at the table. So like mm -hmm. I said, there are people who have to take a break from time to time and that's great and they can still serve. But when it's time to make the rules and change the bylaws and put in the paperwork and do those kinds, you can't do that unless you're financially active. And I think, for me personally, it was a long time coming. Mm -hmm. um, I fell in love with Alpha Kappa Alpha at Delaware State University. Shout out mm -hmm. to Delta Lambda chapter um, and joined Sigma Zeta Omega chapter in Newark, Delaware. So, um, you know, when you get that opportunity and you, you know, you repeat this every day, like this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. You have no choice but to remain active. And for me, I always want to sit at the table. So I'm going to always be active no matter what it, what it takes. I love it. I love it. And why? Because when you join anything, you want to be active. That's right. And if you join anything, it takes some finances to keep right. it going. Because um, right. people are like, you know, I got to pay money. It's helping the organization keep going. It's not like they stealing your money. Same thing at church. They're not stealing money. It's helping the organization to keep going forth. And that is your reasonable service to help because you invested in it, you believe in it, and you stand by the principles of what they're about. Absolutely. So pretty cool. Pretty good. Um, so... Who went to HBCU? Did everybody go? 
Where am I going me? to HBCU? HBCU? We have. You we went to HBCU. Yeah. I got. Well, I, I have a doctorate from it. From. from oh, like, State. <laughs> so I say that to ask, like, do you have to be at an HBCU to join a fraternity or sorority, or are you at all campuses, whether um, HBCU or not? No. no, you definitely don't. Um, I went to an HBCU. I went to Cheney University. Mm -hmm. uh, they argue back and forth, the us and Lincoln, who's the first, but you know. I went to um, Cheney University. It's interesting because uh, the first time I saw campus wasn't at Cheney University. It was at Westchester University. Uh, a good friend of mine. I wish he was. I wish you had cues on here. He was a cute, real, real good friend of mine uh, from Cheney. Uh, he took me to a party at Westchester. He wanted me to be a cute. You know, I, I really didn't have any interest. And um, I heard uh, the campus coming to party, and I saw these guys with the, the coats up and they were smooth. I was like, Yo, who them dudes? He's like, man, it was the corny campus. And um, I followed him all around the party, all around the party, <laughs> just to try to introduce myself. Um, so you definitely don't have to be at an HBCU. Um, again, I saw the campus first at Westchester University. Can, can I um, just uh, add something? Uh, oh, go ahead, uh, Joe, go ahead. Okay. I yield. So um, I, I attended uh, a PWI. Um, and you don't have to be at an HBCU uh, to join the organization, just like my brother says uh, currently, previously, sorry. Um, but I, I felt the bond um, of the brotherhood and the sisterhood by joining uh, my organization on my campus, uh, because a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of people that we that should be remain nameless didn't allow, allow us to be the best that we could have been. And we had to have a seat at the table in order to at least make decisions. So um, joining my organization was one of the best things I could do. I did at my campus because we started a lot of firsts. Uh, my organization was one of the first to be chartered at Seton Hall campus and others came after and it became so much more greater at that time. Very nice. And if I can add on, um, I actually crossed as a graduate uh, in the graduate chapter. So just to add in, um, you can join as a grad uh, in a grad chapter as well. Um, but I will say I went to uh, University of Pennsylvania, uh, PWI, and they have a Zeta chapter. Um, I also went to Temple University for undergrad and they had a Zeta chapter. Um, I'm now at WMU, uh, which they don't have many of D9 on WMU's campus at all, so hopefully that'll change soon. But just to say, you can also join a grad chapter if you are beyond um, graduating from college. Okay. So what's the qualifications to join? Well, for Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, and I'm sure for all of our D9 brothers and sisters, uh, maintaining a good GPA is a standard that we all upheld. Academics are very important um, and we encourage that our members who are inspired to become members at least um, maintain a certain GPA, it might vary per organization. And also once you become a member, maintain that GPA, GPA afterwards. It's not just about having a good GPA to get in. We expect you to have a good GPA maintain. throughout your uh, time in college. So that is one of our uh, big standards. And then also we have to have a love for community service. We have to have a love for sisterhood and bonding, or uh, you have to have a love for what that organization stands for, which we all stand for community uplifting and, and bonding with our brothers and sisters and serving our community and scholarship fundraising. And we all have our, our special um, uh, 
missions. But ultimately, when you're joining, you have to be interested and committed to serving that that mission. Um, you don't want to join just to have the colors. Uh, that that is not the purpose of our organization. We join to continue to move forward, forward, building our community and building up scholars as they come up as well. So um, academics and passion are two major things that you should have when joining um, one of our orgs. I just like to add um, also to be a member of Kappa Facade, you have to be smooth. Like um, <laughs> I'm playing. <laughs> I do want to I do want to share something to really dispel this. Um, maybe this is a shortcoming of of Alpha Phi Alpha, and I'll candidly share this with you um, today. We don't have the capacity to change your character. You are who you are. We are looking for leaders. We are looking for people who have um a sense of obligation to do the work that's necessary to roll up your sleeves and work in the community if you weren't doing that before you 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 saw alpha phi alpha it's doubtful and dubious at best that you're going to do it as an initiated member mm -hmm. we're looking for people who have high academic standards so we'll put on our literature that the minimum gpa is 2.5 in a 4.0 scale. Mm -hmm. But let me clarify that. That's the minimum. Yes. We're not looking for minimal candidates, I'm sorry. <laughs> so what I encourage people to do is to be the best at what you're doing and bring that to the table in any organization that you're, that you're gonna be affiliated with. Mm -hmm. So we're not looking for people who are just getting by. If you have a 2.51 um we're not really in the in a in a business of saying you know that's what we're looking for we want you to elevate your your standards not for us mm -hmm. not for us but for you <laughs> for you so you know alpha phi alpha does not have the capacity to change a person's character we're looking for people who have established a good character and a good trajectory and we will have subtle nuances to nurture because we believe it's prudent to nurture those people who have such potential. Mm -hmm. Very nice, very nice. Dang, we got two points, I'm teasing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's you have to be a college student. So you have to have attended college, graduated college, what's that? You have to, yeah. if you want to um, be initiated on a college chapter, you have to be in a, a four-year institution and be fully matriculated and have at least two quarters or at least one semester um, and you have to have that GPA. Um, but something that I just want to emphasize and reiterate, you have to be of good character too. You have to be of good character. Somebody needs to say, you know, that's the type of person that I want to be affiliated with. Um, that's on the college chapter. On the graduate chapter, you wouldn't have to have an earned degree from an accredited university. Again, you have to have good character. And you have to demonstrate to me, at least on the, as a graduate brother, you have to demonstrate to me that you are doing the work already. That yeah. you know you are doing the work that you aspire to do already. So, you know, it's not um, unthinkable for me to say, well, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> you know, what have you done for the community lately? Um, 
because those are the people that we're interested in and we want to make this reciprocal. So there's, we're going to reap mutual benefits of having you as a member of my fraternity. Yes, yes. Dr. Sinclair is out here recruiting. Um, you can't change the character. <laughs> you know what the it's, minimum standard is. It is what it is. We want you to elevate. And that's what it's about, too, because it's, it's a brother and sister coming together and wants the best, not just for the community, but for those that are helping the community, too. So, like, they're strengthening and helping each other. David shared out, you know, the connects with jobs and things of that sort. So it's some benefits in joining as well. Um, but just making sure that you're going and it's not just because of the colors. You right. can be smooth, but make sure you smooth when you in line with what their program um, is founded on and what the principles are. Because you being smooth and not being about community service, you're wasting somebody's time and yours, and you don't want to do that. Um, so what happens for those people, let's just talk about it, um, who may not have the best character that wants to be a part because you have the pink and green or the blue or the gold or the, you know, whatever, the red. Uh-oh. I'm not uh -oh. sure what's happening with that. Um, but like, what do you do for those situations? That's why it's important to have a seat at the table. Hey, hey, this person's character isn't the best. Or, you know, her, her resume says that she does all of this, but I see on Facebook where she does this, you know? So um, that's why it's very important to have a seat at the table. You can ask my chapter members. I'm, I'm a crazy person. I'm on every committee because I want to know everything that's going on. And because, you know, I've worked hard and I'm paid my money and I want a seat at the table. So I think that's where it comes in. You where you have a say as to who comes in and, and, and who doesn't. Okay. So for me, um, I feel like just like uh, Tiffany said uh, again, uh, I feel like to have a seat at the table to make you have to make decisions. Um, I'm also I'm the advisor to my undergraduate chapter and I also serve as the area deputy director, the northern New Jersey area director um, for my organization. And what that is, is like more so I oversee about all of eight chapters that um, are in northern New Jersey. Uh, and I utilize that this position as a, a, the time to mentor. Mentor does not stop. Uh, I know we said we mentored the the younger kids and once they get to college, um, some people think that they're just off, we let them off to the wolves. Uh, the mentorship starts again, once you want to, you show your interest into the organization. Uh, and you may not, you may not have that character in the moment, but once you um, become, once you start the mentorship program, you then, um, you start to, to talk, you start to get the characteristics of what the 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 true brother is supposed to be, um, or are supposed to embody, uh, and, and and it doesn't it doesn't doesn't really hurt to just tell a brother or to pull a brother to the side and say, hey, that that they may not fly over here, uh, because certain certain people don't understand that you don't have to put everything out there. Right. And, you know, can I can I can I jump in on that? Um, mm -hmm. Jen, you, you said something yeah. earlier that 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 really struck me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a deeply religious um, upbringing. And in Proverbs 27, 17, it says iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. And I, I put myself purposefully around people that are going to challenge me, that mm -hmm. people are going to wise people. Who are, you know who are wise beyond their years they're going to question and encourage me 
and continue to refine me. I'm a, I'm a project that's that's um, in the making. Mm-hmm. And what I've realized, you know, in my years that uh, being a part of an organization, you're talking about being around the table. I've been at boardrooms where I may be one of two African-Americans that are sitting in a, in a boardroom. And I look over and I see a gentleman across the way and he's he has his diamond for Kappa Alpha Psi. And immediately we have a connection. Right. He and right. I understand that we've been through something, right. you know, and we have expectations. And immediately everybody else in the room is like, how did these people know each other? And we're not in the same organization, but there's a sense of mutual respect for one another. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I already understand what your what your what, what your mission is. And I see you as a as a ally in that mm-hmm. mission. So when I see an AKA, I'm 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 jumping for joy. I'm like, sis, right. yeah. You know, right. when I see a Zeta, um, you know, so again, it it transcends just the organization. And the more years you've been in the organization, the more confident in who you are, and the more you see the greatness in the other organizations. Yeah. You know, so you work with them. I, I, you know, when I'm I'm the chair of a committee and I have to choose people, I'm looking for an Omega, and I'm looking for an AK, I'm looking for a Sigma, I'm looking for a Kappa, I'm looking for a Zeta, because I know that when we're going to do parliamentary procedures, I know you know. Right. I know right. you know. So I'm like, I need you on my team. I know how you, I know that you have been trained and taught to get the job done. So I, I'm, I'm really like than we we tend to we, we joke with each other sometimes i'll give somebody a little rib and i'll joke with you but <laughs> with there's a tremendous amount of respect for for each organization that sits around the table right got it so david were you trying to say something okay. so something's going on with your sound we can't hear you yeah, I'm muting you because something's going on with your sound. So maybe you might have to what, pop up come he, back in or something. What he was trying to say is Alpha Phi Alpha is a great organization. <laughs> That's what he, I was reading his lips. <laughs> was he? <laughs> Let me see. Let's try again, Dave, because I don't know if that's, was that what you were saying? Or something some to the side, because you don't want to give him a break. So maybe pop in, pop back out, David. Maybe that'll help us to get your sound back um, on track. Um, so what I did just hear, though, Doctor Sinclair, is that, that because if I'm not a part of the illustrious Divine Nine, and that's not on my resume, then I might get overlooked because you're looking out for your sisters and brothers. Like I got good quality no. too. Like what no, happened? No, right that's, that's not no, no, no. We're not we're not exclusive in that manner. But but what I do know is there's a certain expectation of. Of, of preparation or tutelage that that I can expect mm-hmm. from people who have been affiliated with organizations. Yeah. Um, I you know I just met um, Joe today. You know, and Joe said that he's a district director. I know he knows how organizations run. So it's almost like if I could if I could use the analogy, um, it's almost like if we were playing a sport. Mm-hmm. You know, you may be on a different team, but if you know the fundamentals of football. And Joe says, 
you know, I, you know, I'm a I'm a left tackle. I know what he's doing. <laughs> I already know that he knows what he's doing because yeah. he's on another team, but he knows the fundamentals of organizational structure. Um, and I'm not saying that people who, you know, what I have found very, um, very exciting, very privileged is when people see the symbiotic nature of organizations and see us working together in, in, in harmony, they're like, how do you know all this? And then they go, you're, you're an alpha. And I'm like, yeah. And, and sometimes it's proven through the work that I do. I don't have to wear paraphernalia is people will look at me and say that's that's an alpha or they may see another organization and see that they feel more aligned with with, with um zeta phi beta or sigma gamma rho you know but they see the symbiotic nature and and oftentimes that inspires them to participate at a larger level if not be initiated in one of the organizations and i will fully support people who who find their calling Got it. And I really only brought that up because sometimes people feel like um, that does happen. But you do if that's one of like the hidden benefits, I guess, of being in a sorority fraternity that you look out for your sisters and brothers because you have that common mutual, um, you know, connection and things of that sort. But also letting people know that they don't just look out for the others. They do really look out for the well-being of everybody. You have that capacity. They want to help you. I also like the piece you said, Joe, about that mentorship, because. Sometimes you'll get some young men or some young ladies that see what you're doing and say, hey, I want to do that. But they don't um, initially line up with that. So I guess the support that you give them to help them to get on track is really, really great. I can't hear you, David. I'm not sure what's happening. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, David. <laughs> He's still saying that that, that Alpha is the best. Yeah, he said Alpha's. Great organization. I, I can see that. <laughs> I saw it myself. Um, so, like, that's the big thing um, that, you know, there's that community and things that they start coming together. Um, so, let's get into some of the myths that they have um, about sororities and fraternities. One that I heard was that all sororities and fraternities do is party. Is that mm. really true? No. Not at all. No. You know, you know it, 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 it's a sense of advertisement. Like uh, we, it, it's a history behind why we, I wouldn't even call party, partying. I would more so say strolling or um, stepping. It's a history behind it. And usually people only see that aspect of it. We be from the start of this conversation, we, we automatically spoke about the, how, how we mentor, how many um, active chapters we have, how many how many hours of community service have we we've done not only this year but since this organization organization started. Mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like that's the only time people see mm -hmm. us is when mm -hmm. we are in that limelight or something negative happens. Mm -hmm. But it's just like if they take that away from if they take that aspect of what our organizations are. They see uh, the person that, or the people that are in the organization, a lot more. Mm, I didn't party my way into a PhD program, right, 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 <laughs> right. So, so let, let's be real. There's a there's a part of college life where we do have fun with, you know, with each other, mm -hmm. but that's developmental. I yeah, think right. a lot of the I think a lot of the misperceptions is what you in an animal house and some of these white organizations mm -hmm. um, 
the fraternities do um, enjoy and, and stroll with each other, but they also get up on Saturday mornings and, and are mentoring, you know, kids in in an elementary school or in a senior citizen's home. And the campus is usually not around to see that. <laughs> you know, the campus is usually not around to see that. So, you know, those people that are up Saturday mornings and up, you know, um, on the weekends, they will see the work that we do in our community. So I think that that's our responsibility to put it out there. But I want to be very clear. We're not doing the work for a pat on the back. We're doing right. the work because the work needs to be done. Because the work needs to be done. That's a good one. Here's another one. It said the only friends someone in fraternity or sorority can have are his brothers or her sisters. <laughs> Absolutely not. We encourage you to still have your own life. <laughs> that includes a social life as well. We don't expect you to just conform to only this organization being your life. Um, mm -hmm. So, of course, family, friends, you have work, you have other activities that you like to do, maybe other organizations that you're a part of. Uh, we want you to explore and, and be yourself um, because that being yourself allows all of us to come together and be well-rounded. So we don't want everybody to just be focused on the same thing with no outside influence. We want you to come as you are so that we could come together as a group and flourish uh, and be well-rounded. Like you, you say well-rounded, I say grounded. <laughs> right. You need it, to be grounded. grounded. <laughs> you know, one thing I used to, I, I, I tell my, um, my undergraduate brothers is, uh, you know, you are a man first and you have to handle all um, things that are very important for Sigma will come after Sigma has been here for a number of years and will continue to um, strive. You do that first and then you you handle what you have to do in Sigma secondly. Uh, another thing, another myth um, outside is that is once you cross the organization, cross into that organization, you just become someone totally different. People start to start to look at you as this different person. You gain this 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 whole identity of when I was on the campus, it was to Joe the Sigma, but they, they forgot that I was still Joe. Um, and it's not me that's changing. I'm just expanding my network and my net worth. Just yeah. like um, my uh, Dr. Sinclair said earlier, when, when I go into the office, yes, I may wear a, a medallion or a pin just so he sees the light that shines not only with me, but he sees where I'm coming from. It is just to show to, to expand my network. Just as, just the same way if I see my any of my sisters or any other brothers in in the area, it's just a sign of let me help you out. Um, but I, I feel like I'm just the same person. And if you know you're part of my network, you can tag along on my network as well. Very nice. I got another one. If I join, I'll be hazed. Right, Five Eight Sigma is a non-hazing organization. As is Alpha Kappa Alpha. As is everyone up here, yeah. honestly. Right. And, and that's right. and I want to highlight that too because so many different times you hear like different stories. You hear that some people do make it through the process, some people don't make it through the process. Um, you hear underground lines and things of that sort. So a lot of different things happen. Um, but if they do feel like they're in a situation where it's not going very well, who can they go to? Huh. 
Yeah, I supervise the young ladies of Epsilon New Chapter at Lincoln University. Mm -hmm. um, so they, I mean, they're texting right now. They're having a program. So it's that, and we do our best to instill in them that, listen, you know, no one knows what your process is. No one needs to know mm -hmm. um, and we instill in them that, you know, this is the way to go. And they're, they're very clear on that. Um, but I, I won't say that things don't happen and, you know, we have to, you know, deal with things, but um, certainly, certainly the myths don't make it, don't make it easy for us. So. Yes, right. yes. We have Zayda and the audience, she's saying, final women don't haze. Final women don't haze. <laughs> That's right. If we want you to be our sister, we don't, we do sisterly things too, and it, that doesn't include breaking you down physically. Um, that's just not what's needed in order for you to become my sister. Yeah, and it's so needed. Oh, that's a good one. Another one says, joining a fraternity or sorority will hurt you academically. It's the opposite. Like the opposite, yeah. <laughs> we need you to stay grounded within your academics. We want you to flourish after college. We want you to be able to uh, be successful in your career. It's the opposite. We we really want you to maintain good grades afterwards as well, not just to get in. And a part of what Joe said earlier is that informal mentorship. I had brothers that brought me in who were concerned about, so what do you want to do after you graduate? Yes. You need to be taking this course. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to go into this direction, into this graduate program, you need to be taking this course and you need to be taking this seriously. And these are the professors that you may want to have a conversation with. And, it, you know, I had a, it wasn't a historically black campus, but it was a black campus nevertheless. I had fraternity members in my, in my administration that the brothers, the older brothers would say, you need to sit down with Dr. Welcher um, and he'll guide you. So it actually is an asset to be a, to belong to a um, to an organization and have that sort of um, institutional insight mm -hmm. that you may you know again when you're talking to people that may have been initiated through your chapter that came through ten years ago who could give you some some um, some some context mm -hmm. you know it, it will definitely um, be an asset in your favor. Got it. Mm -hmm. So I you have two one. more. Oh, go ahead. No, um, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my can brother. you hear me now? Yes. yes. Hear me yeah, now. yeah, yeah. You're back. Say it again. Say say what you were going to say. <laughs> respect, respect. Um, when I'm looking at this thing and it's saying join a fraternity or sorority could hurt you academically. I know um, an um, undergrad, some people do fear that because um, you put so much time doing certain services and things, they feel like your GPA can go down. When I was um, in undergrad, I was the president. And one thing that um, we tried to do is you have to be honest with the guys that want to come on board. You know, sometimes I know I'll be speaking on it earlier about mentorship. I think that's when it comes into play, working with the guys and letting them know, hey, I know you want to join a fraternity, but right now let's work on your GPA. Or let's work on this and work on that. So I think it hurts you academically when you're not ready to embark on that journey. You know, because you're going to have to do community service. You're going to have put in your time in so many places. So sometimes some guys aren't ready. Some girls aren't ready. And I think that's when it comes uh, takes the members to let these guys and girls know, like, hey, it's not time for you right now. Yeah. Uh, let's wait for next semester. Wait till next time. You know, I know in Cap Alpha Psi, you know, say the diamond, but a diamond starts off as cold. So everybody doesn't polish. Everybody isn't ready. Sometimes, you know, 
get people up to speed, get them ready. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> you know, one thing I wanted to say was uh, I challenge again my, my undergrad brothers and I ask them as soon as they cross, what legacy do you want to leave behind with not only within the chapter, but in your life? Uh, and I asked that question because there's certain things that I did when once I when I was the president and I was on the yard at, at Seton Hall at that that I wanted to change. So if they wanted to change it as well, they have to be able to have a vision. Uh, and 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 just like uh, Dave, right? Yeah. Yeah, Dave. Okay, just like Dave said earlier, um, like a. Uh, 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 a diamond is first a coal. Like, yes, you have to have that vision to in order to 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 be very successful and make it not only just make the chapter better, but your life better in itself. So um building a legacy is very important. That's good. Two more myths that I found. It's a cold. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um Again, I told someone today, uh, we have, we everyone has a family. My last name is Heard. Um, so uh, we have Dr. Sinclair. Everyone has a different name. We have secrets within our family. Yes. We're just we're just a family amongst ourselves that you may not know the secrets of them. It's not a cult. It's just you're probably upset that you don't know. You're not privy to the information that my family's secrets is. That's okay. a good one, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because you know, also growing up, you talk what happens in the house stays in the house. And things that's right. and it's some things that are core values that don't have to go outside. That's like some, for example, some family recipes. You right. can't tell all the recipes because then people run away with and things that's right. You'll see the fruits of the labor, you'll get the benefit of the recipe, mm. but it doesn't mean that you know the pieces of it. And I think that's what the sororities and fraternities do. You don't know the full makeup of it. You see the colors, you see the glamour, what they do. But it's that work that they're doing in the kitchen that have that good platter that they give to you. Yes. Not my mama biscuits, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my last one is you're just paying to have friends. Oof. Oh, yeah. That would be a large cause for friends. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and I pride myself on, you know, I have my different, you know, circles, you know, and I can honestly say I've not changed in any way. I have my college friends that I hang out with, people I've met, you know. Um, so, I mean, I can see why people think that because they think that, oh, automatically you've gained over 300,000 sisters. Mm -hmm. And you have, but it's real. It's, mm -hmm. you know, so they would just have to see for themselves that it's that it's not that. I, I actually had the just the contrary. Um, before I pledge, I had more friends than a man should have. I mean, I had so many people that were were considered more than close associates or affiliates. They were friends. When I joined the organization, um, it, you know, I, I already had established my own identity. So I did not join the organization in order to get more friends. Actually, um, <laughs> if anything, I, I, I brought more attention to the organization because I came with my a thousand friends when I showed up on campus, but let me just tell you about how, you know some of the benefits of the organization. And I've traveled and I've lived. Matter of fact, um, Joe, my daughter, my my oldest 
who's 23 right now, was born at Seton Hall. Wow. Really? Born at Seton Hall. Now, I've traveled. I've lived in New Jersey. I've lived in Virginia. I've lived in Georgia. Um, I live in Maryland now. And when I make these um, transitions, and I know that there's a a brother from my chapter or a brother that I may have known at, at the regional convention, or, I, or it could be somebody I didn't know. When I went down to um, Georgia, I, I didn't know anyone, but I was able to connect with a graduate chapter right there. And to have a network of resources and support is absolutely immeasurable in terms of how, how much it helps you to know that there are people who will take you in and sometimes invite you um, over their house. So when I went down to Georgia, my, my wife um, said, do you know anybody down here? I said, no, you know, and I moved to Brunswick, Georgia. That's where Ahmad Marbury died. Um, and I moved to Brunswick, Georgia, and the president of the grad chapter came out and took us around and showed us different um, housing developments. He told us about the schools because he was a principal. And, and she said, did you know him before <laughs> we got here? I said, no, but he knew I was a good brother. And when you have that type of resource, um, not only nationally, I mean, I've, I've also been on cruises where, you know, we docked at Haiti and, and, and the brother saw my fraternity paraphernalia and came up and said, you're with us. <laughs> you know, so she was like, you really get connected like that? Yes. These organizations do have. Um, the ability for you to connect and plug into communities that you're not familiar with and to feel a sense of safety mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes with people that you just met but have mm -hmm. the same ideals and the same mission that mm -hmm. you're in. So it, it's really a benefit to be in, in an organization. That's good. And along with the one of the paying for friends, and it kind of goes in line with like, that's your family, things of that sort. And your family is some people that you don't like either. You know, they're not going to say that they don't like some of their sisters and brothers, but that might happen where they clash, but that iron still sharpens iron and you're learning from those that you're around. Um, so you're not really paying for friends. You're, you know, having experience as well. It's an investment. I don't want to say like you're paying. It's an investment to be able to help somebody else and to build on you because as you're doing these events for other people, you're um, learning new things about yourself, learning you know how to get along, some customer service, some uh, rapport building, strength building, things of that sort. Um, Leadership development. Mm -hmm. And personal development as well. I would yeah. say that's one of the huge things that I got out of joining uh, this sorority is just the personal development. Uh, as we said, just surrounding yourself with people who can sharpen you mm -hmm. uh, and encourage you. So um, one personal thing for me is uh, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis two years ago, and it flipped my world upside down because multiple sclerosis is basically your body attacking your brain and your spinal cord. So here mm -hmm. I am, Ivy League graduate, nurse practitioner, have my body attacking my brain. Mm -hmm. And I was devastated, but I have to say my sorors came through so thick to pick me up and encourage me to keep going. I wanted to get my doctorate, but now how do I do this when my body is attacking itself? Mm -hmm. Completely told me, girl, you better go do what you got to do. <laughs> so yes. now I'm saying and I'm doing well. And if it wasn't for just that encouragement and being surrounded with people who have their own struggles who are pushing through, um, personally developed me to be able to be strong enough to keep pushing. So 
that's another gain or a plus um, from this these organizations as well. It's just that bond and it's like family. Like yes. they are there when you need them. Yeah. And even when you don't, they just pop up to your house. <laughs> 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 but nevertheless, uh, building character and, and, and personal development is a huge factor as well. And that's the benefit, you know, like, you, like, you know, the thing of like, that's my cousin. I still love her. She crazy sometimes. That's my cousin. They got my back. They look out for me. They want me to do good, you know, hell, high water, whatever it is, like we're supporting each other. And that's an amazing um, component that the sororities and fraternities have of their sisterhood, of their brotherhood. And really seeing what it's about. Y'all probably could teach the city of brotherhood love a little bit because um, we're struggling right now in that area. But really that love that you have for somebody else is really, really important. And people are learning it because they don't necessarily get that in their area um, right, or where right. they came from. So I right. have to see, like, what? Another brother wants me to do good? Another sister hating on me but want me to shine too? Like, you know, things of that sort. So it's um, educating the population to help us to be better humans. I, I was on a pledge line of nine, and um, I, I consider them my accountability circle. Mm. You know, they will they will challenge me in ways that you know, I, I'm going to say that um, in ways that no other people will challenge me because they've known me for 34 years and they can mm -hmm. say, eh, you need to get it. You need to get it together, mm -hmm. you know, and they will challenge me um, and hold me accountable to the things that I say to the man that I said that I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that because um, I didn't go to college till I was 22. So when I pledged, I was 24. So uh, a lot of the guys that came after me, they were they were young guys. I seen them as my little brothers, and I come from a family where I have three brothers, and a lot of them didn't understand what brotherhood is. They understand friendship, but not brotherhood. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's something when you see a, a guy cry when you tie a bow tie on him, or when you say, mm -hmm. come in my room, and you give him a suit, yeah. or a guy that's not even part of your fraternity, and you see him walking in the hall and be like, yo, young boy, come here. But you can have this. He's like, why are you giving me this, Dave? Like, nah, I don't want it no more. You can have it. It make a difference. Because like mm -hmm. you said, a lot of people, they don't experience that. They ain't experience what brotherhood and sisterhood is. Mm -hmm. So you can share that with somebody. That goes a long way. And uh, mm -hmm. it's random. Victoria, you're the truth. That story, that touched my heart. <laughs> Victoria, Victoria, I'm, I'm going to keep you in a prayer. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. It's been a crazy two years, but... Here we are. We got in school and we're doing our thing. We pushing. Yeah. <laughs> you got this. You got this. So keep I have a question for you. Somebody said somebody's going? No, I said just keep pushing, sis. Oh, yes, 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 definitely, Victoria. So my question, my next question is what was your line's name, your name, and number? <laughs> and tell me how you got your name. Because oh, if no. you got a special name, I want to know. Okay. What happened? Uh, okay, uh, I, I, I'll go first because, you know, this. This has been the bane of my existence, you know, for the last 34 years. Um, believe it or not, um, um, Lisa could attest, when I was in college, I was a very good dancer. Okay. I, I grew up in New York City and I was a very good dancer. And a lot of my popularity was because I danced so well, you know, uh, people used to say, that's Mike Boogie, you know, and before I pledged, everybody on campus knew me as Mike Boogie. One of the brothers that were was initiating me, um, he had to 
sort of give me this noble name that that I was gonna, and he said, you're a nightmare. Mm. And I was like, what does that have to do with me? <laughs> you know, and it stuck, and nobody else called me, but they said, that's your line, line name. I was like, that is such a, a loser like a loser line name that had nothing to do with me because right after he said that he's like boogie come over here you know so i was like <laughs> so so my line name was boogie i was number i mean my line name was nightmare i was number five on the um ascari akioto line which is soldiers of a dream line um capro chapter spring 1987. i'm glad that you did not live up to nightmare because oh, no. names and things you had power, um, but that you still was able to show, you know, a light and things that sort of different name. You can't change it, huh? I, I can't change it, but you know what? Nobody calls me that because everybody refers to me as my like, boogie. So yeah, no one, like, no one ever called me that. So I was like, it was that I. Is such a nonsensical name. <laughs> Daddy, okay, Mike Boogie, you're Mike Boogie for the rest of the night. Who's next? Yeah. Mike Boogie, the legend. I um. I've heard of you. I've, I've probably met you before. I was young. I needed the money. <laughs> <laughs> so nice, nice to see you. Uh, so I was a number one. I'm only five four. So I was, you know, the shortest number one. Line named Tapes because I always knew everything, whatever it was. And to this day, still, you know, Sora might say, "Oh, Tiffany, um." Do you have a picture of this person? Like I memorize people's phone numbers. We don't pay attention to that anymore. We right, just right. like program it. I'm like, oh no, she's 442, you know, whatever. I just mm -hmm. I always know things. So <laughs> and the entire line's name was Elegant 18, and I was number one taste. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Elegant 18. That's smooth. That's right. That's smooth. <laughs> um, smooth. Smooth. <laughs> That's elegant 18. That rule, that rule, that rule. That's a good one. Yeah, um, I'm from a, again Cheney University, Gamma Omega. Uh, there's three people on my line. Uh, my line, my line name was uh, Einstein, aka the Pulse. I was the ace, I mean, number one. I uh, can't go into that, but um, he's called the New Black Mafia. Okay, all right, all right, we're gonna leave you in nightmare since we can't go into that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's my boogie. <laughs> um. So I was on, I'm on a line of four. Uh, the line's name is Life After Death. Uh, and I'm the quad of the line. That means I'm the number four. And my line's name is the, exec, the executive. So um, <laughs> they named me the executive because even though I was at the back of the line, my line wouldn't move without me saying so. Mm. So, I mean, it's just more so I like to be organized. I like things to be done a certain way. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. And my name was, it, for people who live in Philadelphia, it, it might ring a bell to you, but KYW, which is a news radio. And basically, long story short, I asked too many questions. So I was like, apparently, you know, felt like I was interviewing people. And uh, and when I spoke, I spoke like I was on TV on, on the news or something like that. So KYW. And and uh, I am number nine of nine tail club. Yes. And I'm 5'8", so I'm pretty tall uh, for a female. And our line name was I Radio because we have a lot of singers and we okay. all have 
some sort of radio type of name. So I'm KYW because I talk too much and I ask about the question. <laughs> you sound like you're still a little sad about this. It's something sad. You know, it, it, it is what it is. <laughs> I earned you're it. You're well informed. I'm like, Awesome, awesome. This is cool. I also liked in the beginning how when you were sharing about your organizations, um, you knew the dates, you knew the time frame, the things that sort of because these are things that are kind of drilled into you so that you know what you know the standards and the uh, mission and all that of your organization is. So then like knowing your line and things and how that ties in as well. My boogie, I'm still I'm still lost with, with your nightmare though. I'm not gonna lie. And then David, we're not even gonna talk about it. But yeah, yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. So we talked about how there's some perks to being in an organization. We talked about, you know, obviously seeing your love and joy for the organization that you are a part of. Um, what did you learn about yourself being in your organization? Mm. Or what are you learning? Because you all are still active. Good job to you all. Learning that I'm, I'm stronger than what I think I am, and that uh, I I didn't know my potential until I was able to get out of my comfort zone. Um, growing with growth comes growth pains, and you have to be able to allow yourself to grow. And grow is stretching, and stretching hurts sometimes. So you have to be able to extend yourself in order to grow beyond uh, what you thought you could do. And with this yeah. organization being on chairs and committees and just being a sister, uh, it pushes you to explore the other tenets of yourself. So um, I would say that that is a huge thing that I've, I've gained from, from being in these organizations. Awesome. I've learned to kind of, I've learned to just meet people where they are. Everybody is not you, they're not gonna be the same you know, I think I had this expectation. Like, if I'm doing something, I expect everybody else to be. If I'm cleaning up on Saturday, then I want my one son cleaning the bathroom, the other one to always want. But that's not how it works. People work on their own time. Some people are early risers. Some people are late night. So I've learned that um, over the years. And it all works out at the end of the day. You just have to trust the process. And everything works the way it's supposed to work. So. Well, nobody told you to be in my business telling me trust prices. <laughs> work out how we need to work out. Who's next? And that's the hard part, too. I receive it. I receive it. <laughs> I, I learned that I had a reservoir of strength that I haven't tapped into. Now, unlike some of my, my, my esteemed panelists, I pledged 34 years ago when pledging was above ground. Um, I did not know I had strength until I tapped into this reservoir uh, of strength that 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 really said, Mike, you could do this. And that has really been um, groundbreaking and an epiphany for me in many ways. Because I know with, when I face adversity now, that I could tap into this reservoir of strength and I could pull something out, you know, pull something out that I didn't think that I could do. You know, I may have said that that hill was too high to climb or that mountain was too high to climb. But then I pulled the strength out and I, I leaped over it. Mm. So I think the challenges right now, I, I take a look at them very differently because I know that there are things that I can do. I could push myself to do um, when my mind is willing. So. 
that's that's what I've learned through the pledge process. Mm. Nice. And when I said that, that will preach that will, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him be great too because you know, even if you're not in a sorority or fraternity, when you really think about your life too, the things that you've learned as well, you find out that you're a little stronger. And you thought you were too. Victoria shared a testimony of, you know, two years ago being diagnosed with something and how she's still pushing forward. You know, it caused you to be quiet about what your little thing is that you're going through. Because if she was able to push through that, I could push through this too. I just got to trust the process. Who's next? <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, I, I learned throughout um, my years that it's okay to lean on the shield. Mm -hmm. um, leaning on the shield for those that may not know is just like trusting those around you. You know, mm -hmm. uh, just like Tiffany said, like there's certain certain times you 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 gotta meet people where you want where they are, uh, but sometimes you gotta trust that sometimes is a different way to get a to get a, a result. So leaning on the shield, making sure that you allow people to be who they are and contribute whatever they they can to to the bigger picture that's what they can contribute to. So, leaning on the shield. My shield is Jesus. Y'all just, y'all in mind, y'all encouraging me with these folks. Because <laughs> I be ready to fall sometimes, but I got, I got, I can't fall. Come on, come mm. on, David, bring it home, bring it home. Uh, for me, it was uh, being vulnerable. Um, mm. When you uh, go to HBCU, in most colleges, and most people in the black community, everybody want to be the, the coolest, everybody want to have everything together. So what I try to do in our chapter is just let people, like they said, be who they are and be vulnerable. Um, I don't have to be the guy that's it all the time. Like, let somebody else be it. And um, let people make mistakes. And um, don't condemn people for mistakes. Um, just being vulnerable. Because when you set that atmosphere, it's, it, it changes. Everybody's not trying to up one another now. Everybody's not trying to point somebody out. It creates a real brotherhood. And man, I, I lied to you now, y'all. When uh from the time I crossed 04 until when I graduated, I mean 06 till I graduated um in um 08. Started off with three of us, and then we had like 20 guys up there. That was like some of the best moments of my life. Like, I really love them dudes. We had so much fun. Because after we crossed, then we had another four people crossed, and we had another eleven, then we had people transfer. And I just want to set that atmosphere to say, yo, guys, we got to be vulnerable and let everybody do who they are. Like they said, mm. be vulnerable. So. Mm. so two people talked on strength and how not knowing the strength that you have. Then we <laughs> wanted to know by trusting that process. Then you got to lean on the shield and then you got to be vulnerable because that's what we're human. Yes. Only you know, it's moments that you do cry. It's moments right. that it does hurt. It's moments that it right. does sting. But guess what? We grow from these experiences. So good. All right. Um, mm, very good. I, I like what y'all learned. And I'm learning it about my life, too. Thank you for sharing. My friends that are listening. I see some comments over here. They're they listening, too. Um, this is good. What is something that you would want us to walk away with? Um, college life is a different world. Greek life is a different world. But life is a different world. So as it relates to anything, what's something that um, you have to platform of my amazing uh, listeners, what is something that you want them to know as they walk away from tonight's segment? I would say be true to yourself. Um, and I know sometimes with these organizations and with jobs, whatever, it, sometimes it doesn't happen right away, but that feeling never goes away. It's always in your heart, right? So you just have to get yourself in position and be prepared for when that moment comes to be ready. 
Um, but and don't change yourself for for anyone or anything. Be true to yourself. <laughs> Mine is very quick and succinct. Surround yourself with greatness. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Uh, I would say proverb: Know all our ways and knowledge them. He should direct our path. Whatever sorority or organization you join, put God first. Mm -hmm. Put God first. In whatever you do, you'll be all right. Uh, be be slow to speak and swift to hearing, um, because you may miss out on the the true message that's meant for you. So just like David said, uh, listen to to the higher being and the message that he has for you or the path that he's trying to provide for you um because you may be taking a detour and he's already created the the, the shortest route or the fastest route to get to the destination mm. and i would say keep your mind open to learning new things uh god surrounds you with the people that he wants to be around you and there's a lesson to learn in every experience that you come across whether it's good or bad so have your mind open to receive what it is that God is trying to give you um, through your experiences and um, keep your eyes focused on the goal. The goal is to serve our community. The goal is to strengthen our bonds. Um, whatever it is that you have in your heart that you want to uh, pursue through these organizations, keep your eyes on the prize and just continue to grow. You know, life is funny sometimes. Uh, you could just be minding your business, trying to talk to your friends about Greek life, and some things that you need to hear, or some things that you've been talking about maybe the day before, get, get the confirmation of what you need, the trust in that process, of being vulnerable, um, because you can only be strong with for so long. Us, uh, this is all just really great. I, I thank you all. Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, so we say that if you're an undergrad, you have to be a college student to be a part of a sorority or fraternity. So if in undergrad, you can just connect with somebody on campus to join. You can, but most of the organizations right now will have you connect through their national website. Okay. Um, and that's the first place that I would look um, if I was an undergrad right now, it's just take a look at the national website and they'll have some um, tag about membership and then it'll give you some membership. Also speak to the Greek advisor on your campus. If you're at a, at a university, speak to the Greek advisor and, um, you know, again, do your own research. Um, like I did, there's no easy way around that. Um, you know, um, I tell my students the only time success comes before work is in the dictionary. Mm. You know, so you got to put in the work first and, and, and actually do your research, find out what the organization stands for. Because if you love your organization, whatever organization you choose, if any, if you love your organization as much as I love my organization, then you made the right decision. You and it's mind. a lifelong investment as well. It's a this is a lifelong brotherhood. Uh, we said we talked about brotherhood and sisterhood. Brotherhood and sisterhood is not only a poem or uh, an initiative; it's a way of being. Uh, so you just got to make sure that we said, like we said before, this is where you are. This is your family. So this is for undergrad. Now, if I'm a, I graduated from undergrad and I didn't, you know, join as an undergrad student, but now I'm a graduate. 
I may be in graduate school, may not be in graduate school. How could I potentially connect if I want to be a part? National, national websites, okay. again, national go website. to the national mm -hmm. websites and, and take a look at what they're doing. Um, the national website may direct you to a local area director or district director um, or a local chapter president. And again, um, before you jump, you know, look before you leap, you know, find out about the chapter. What, what are they doing, you know, locally? Um, these are national programs, but they manifest differently in local chapters. So find out about the chapter, attend some of their events, um, get to know, um, are these the people that you want to affiliate yourself? You know, my litmus test is if I can't take my mother to an alpha event, then I'm in the wrong organization. Mm. We call it dating your dating accords, dating your chapters, going out and just like courting, exploring what they're about. We call it dating. So to figure out where you want to go, the direction you want to go is important, like Dr. Sinclair said, to to see what the chapters are all about, to see what the organization is all about. And again, just like Dr. Sinclair said, the information is all on the website. Okay, very nice. My last question for you all, what is your sorority or fraternity, your first, first choice, being honest? Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't have any. For me, I, I, like I said, I didn't know anything about this stuff. I didn't know anything about it. And my RA, like I said, he was a Q. He was trying to, I was like, I'm not worried about that. When I saw the campus, I, I just knew it. It was nothing about me I had to change. It was like, these guys are it, man. These guys are it. You know what? I was surrounded by Zetas as well before I joined, and I saw the work that they did, and I saw them in the community. And and so I always had my heart on Zeta. Um, I did have the opportunity to get to know other um, organizations, but my heart was being pulled. I could not get away from that blue and white. That that was mm. that was my call. Can I say something real quick? Mm -hmm. Dr. Sinclair, there's some offers on my own campus. These guys, I was trying to make them be campus so much, sliding stuff under the door. I'm doing all this stuff to get this guy. He was like, and then I, I didn't know what he was doing. He was coming up to my meetings. And then I saw him at a probate being an offer, man. And it just it touched my heart, man, because y'all, y'all some smooth brothers, man. And I was like, my man Garvin, I'm like, yo, you knew what you wanted to do, man. I, 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 I tried to get him so bad. That was the only dude I ever went at hard. He knew he wanted to be an alpha, though, man. Yeah. I, I was, I, I, you know, I went to a, a, not a historically black college, but a black college nevertheless. Mm -hmm. And um, alphas were the smallest fraternity on, on the campus. It had Qs, you know, we're talking about 30 Qs and and 30 Kappas and, you know, you know, um, 45 sigmas and zetas you know so it was it was a lot of people and i actually went to a smoker you know back in the days it was a smoker which was like an interest meeting and of all the organizations that were presenting themselves to me i think the alphas were were the most inviting they were they were not engaging they actually had arrogance and a bit of audacity they they, they took out the book of this is this is what we're doing. Take it or leave it. Have a good day, gentlemen. <laughs> I was like, you don't, you're not courting me, you know. And I had a big ego because I had a lot of friends. So I was like, wait a minute, you're not coming after me to see how I could be in your organization? They're like, nah. We've been around for you know 80 years at that time. We're like, 
they were like, nah. And I was like, the audacity, you know. But what they did do, which which was impressive to me, was um, they made me do the work like Mr. Miyagi. You know, they they were like, go out there and you take a look at everything else because um, when you come here, you got to come, you got to come right. Um, the day that they sat in a smoker, we had like a we had like a hundred and fifty men out there, and when they looked at their watch and they said, "Okay, it's seven o'clock," they closed the door, and the brothers that were in the room were were like, um, "If you don't have a GPA of a three point oh, you can leave right now." And I was like, about. 30 men just got up and, and brothers escorted them to the door. And and those who weren't wearing a suit, they were like, you can leave right now. They weren't, they were being um, purposeful, but they were being um, very selective. And I just felt like you, you, this is a different take from an organization who is trying to recruit you. They were absolutely doing the opposite. They were like, you're not gonna make the mustard because we have high expectations. If you don't have a 3.0, talk to us next year. You know, they were just very, very, um, and, and, and they didn't do it because they had large numbers. They did it because they were like, we're only looking for the cream of the crop. Yeah. And I said, I am the cream of the crop. You just don't know it yet. Mm. <laughs> so when I got online, I said, there's two things you got to kill me or cross me because this is where I'm going to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, I am the cream of the crop. You just don't know it yet. Yes. <laughs> so that's alphas did not impress me in terms of engaging. They actually gave, gave me what I needed, which was to say, you got to step up Very nice. and distinguish yourself. All right. Tiffany and Joe. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> was your uh fraternity or something? Oh, first fraternity? choice. Um, I plead the fifth. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, no, you dated and you found the right one that fit. Yeah, you, that's yeah, so yeah, I outweighed my I one of my family members is uh part of the Divine Nine as well, and he tried to push me to join that organization and every beat of my heart was was beating that 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 blue and that white i mean mm, it, was, it was it was beating very hard like one of my my, my profile was very like uh forthcoming he was very accurate on everything and just said like listen um i can show you what sigma is better than i can tell you um and I already had friends, like Dr. Sinclair said, I already had family members. He showed me what an extended family looks like. And it, he sold me from there. And I've been a member ever since. How hard was that to do, Joe? How hard was what to do? Like, I, I don't know the pressure of a family member saying, yo, do this, do this, do this, and then you make your own ways. Like, was that hard to do, man? Um, <laughs> I, respect yeah, you know, I respect that, man. You know, um, honestly, it was it was easier than what um, it may look because he allowed me to, to 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 make my own way. Like you said, he allowed me to at least explore my option. Yes, it was presented, and yes, he probably would have preferred me to join that organization. But you know, um, at the end of the day. 
brotherhood is brotherhood no matter what color I'm wearing. Um, and just like I said earlier about the whole network, like now I'm connected to not only brothers within my organization, but brothers in his organization. And when when you see our organizations combine, you're like, wow, they're working together like that. I thought the stereotype said that y'all supposed to hate each other. No, you guys made that stereotype. <laughs> I actually love my brothers and my sisters. Right. So, this is black excellence. This is yeah. this is black royalty. You know, right. this is black excellence right here. Um, when organizations get together uh, on the common with a common mission. My younger brother, let me digress for a second, Joe. My younger brother was initiated at Howard University, um, and he also became an alpha. And I said, I'm glad that you became an alpha because I didn't want to have to talk about you at the how you know at the Thanksgiving <laughs> table. I was like, you know, I, I was already content. He, he pledged six years after me, but I was like, listen, I, I I would just have to talk about you at the Thanksgiving table. <laughs> so I'm glad that you and I could call each other brothers because, you know, but I joke right. around, you know. It is. Hilarious. Yeah. So I went to Delaware State, as I said, and it was just very clear that was the only way okay. um no matter what you thought like whatever myths you may have heard they i remember i was going into the cafeteria and talking to my best friend and i said she said what are you about to do and one of the aka's said i'm coming to watch me dance and i was like huh you know and went to see them whatever the program was and yeah. then i got hooked i was they were they were light-skinned they were dark-skinned they were tall short heavier skinned I was like, this is it. Like, I, wherever they were, that's where I wanted to be, you know? And, it, and then you find out later that there was a guidance counselor I had in high school um, that saved all of us because we all could be, we're only one decision away from being in another place. Mm -hmm. um, and then you later learn that she was an AKA. You know, I didn't know that at the time. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't pay attention to the stuff in her office. Um, but it was just, for me, that was it. And I wasn't going to stop until I got it. So. Very nice, very nice. So my last thing before I let you all go is that a lot of you have said that y'all didn't really change after you became a part of your organizations. What was your favorite color before you became? And what's your favorite color now? Black. <laughs> black and black. Okay, okay. Mine was turquoise. Um, yeah, turquoise. I don't know. I like the Charlotte Hornets. I, you know, I was, who knows? Um, and then... My favorite color now is green. So is my son. It's just not the whole pink and green, you know. Like I swore to their favorite color is red. So every time we go out, she's got her red dress on, her red lipstick, and we tease her, you know. But okay. yeah. Guys. My high school colors were black and gold. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, there it is. <laughs> I, I grew up around black and gold. And um, okay. Still my favorite colors. Okay. Uh, my colors was uh, green and blue. It was actually it was really blue. Okay. I'm a I'm a Giants fan, so you know, okay. big okay. blue. Okay. Mine's blue. Um, I, my favorite color blue. Okay. And I only asked that because I um I see one of my friends that say K. I was like, is that pink and green? You want pink and green? You just want pink and green? Oh, pink and green? Okay. It's like, but you know, that's the plot that you have in your organization as well. So like, it might not be your favorite color per se, um, but you know, it may become more prevalent in your uh, attire and things of that sort. So that's one thing that may have changed just a little bit, but it's just for you to be able to represent that which you stand for. 
Hey Jim, yeah, when every, I first crossed, I, cross, cross, I had so much red and white on. I remember my dean was like, "You gotta stop, man. You gotta change." <laughs> I had like a red bucket, a red and white shirt, a cane. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, "Dave, you gotta take something off, man." I was so, I, I was Those so are the days. Those are the days. <laughs>
culture shock. Why? Because when you go away to school, it's a culture shock. I went away to University of Mary Shore. I'll tell you about it next week. It was a culture shock, though, because it wasn't what I was used to. Thank you so much to my friends. Y'all been listening and staying. Shield. Lean on the shield. Come on, Keisha. Come on, Shamika. Come on, PJ. Lean on the shield. It was a great show. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. I do just want to give you a heads up for October. October is going to be amazing. The theme is going to be faith walk. Why? Because October is the first month of the last quarter of the year. And I want to encourage you, friends, that whatever it is that you're trying to do in life, there is still time. Whatever it is you want to do for this year, there is still time. And we have an amazing lineup that will share with you their story of how they are pushing forth, how they are on this faith walk and going into dreams and pursuing dreams and pursuing goals that sometimes people think you can't explore. But guess what? They're going to let you know that they're doing it and going to let us know that we too can do it as well. So again, thank you so very much. Ah, PJ said, made me want to be a cappy even more. Oh, you know, there is still time. They say go to the main website, and that's how you can get connected, okay? If you want to be a Kappa, you go to their website, all right? And check it out. They can guide you. I don't think we had a Kappa tonight. But well, they can connect you if they don't know. And you, you probably already know somebody that can connect you. But nevertheless, I do thank you all so very much for joining me. I love you all. I appreciate you all. Um, if you missed any part, go back and catch everyone. It was some good nuggets that was dropped today. Greek life is not a cult. It is a family, and they are all about helping the community. Find out how you can help the community along with them. Again, thank you so much. <laughs> yes, Dave was a capo. Sorry. You know, I got to learn the terminology, Shamika. Thank you, Shamika. She, my, she got my back. Uh, I've already been researching. See, they ready for you, too. Why? Because they're always looking for more people to do that amazing work that they're doing in the community. All right, friends, I got to go. I kept you all a long time tonight. I do thank you so very much. I love you all so very much. So until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for joining Jen Cares, powered by Chosen Podcast this week. Make sure to visit our website at chosencounselors.com. That's chosen with a Z. To follow us, stay in the know, and most of all, never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode as we specialize in bringing the community to you.